doesn't really work for you. You can do more of a self-guided approach. There are apps for learning new video games. Um, you can always, like, you know, listen to instructional videos or, um, you know, your local library probably has, like, CD audiobooks for, for learning new video games. Um, in any case, over the course of, like, I don't know, maybe a few weeks in August of this year, I replayed Super Mario 64, got 100% completion. Um, the first time I played Super Mario 64, or the first, like, complete playthrough I did of this game, um, lasted approximately 15 years. Um, I started it in, I don't know, I got an N64 for, like, Christmas 97, Mario 64 came out in 1996, so yeah, it was like an older game that I was picking up at that point. Not like that mattered, you know, it was, it was very, you know, like new to me means new, um, where, where video games are concerned, I think. Um, 
And I, so I probably started in sometime in 98. That just makes sense. And I don't think I finished until sometime in college. Um, I brought my N64 with me, of course. Uh, and a, and a crummy TV that I could, like CRT that I could, um, play the N64 on. Did not watch TV on it ever at all. Um, and, you know, then of course at some point the school did away with, with cable. That was at one time a selling point. Like, hey, the school has cable in every building or every, you know, residential building. Um. And even early on, like, we were all, you know, trying to move on to, like, streaming apps. You know, Netflix, Instant Q had just released, like, recently, but the school internet was just so crummy, it didn't really... You had to, like, buffer any movie you wanted to watch for some time. Um, anyway, so... So where am I getting with this? Um, yeah, so so the playthrough that I, I first undertook of Super Mario 64, I beat Bowser at some point as a child. And, you know, like when you're playing a video game as a, as a kid, you don't have all the, the... all the right, like, strategies or... You know, you, like, I definitely had some printed out guidebooks that included, like, tips and, you know, instructions on how to, how to access some, like, more puzzly of the stars. Um, yeah, printed out guidebooks makes it sound like I had, like, the Nintendo Power Official Edition, which I definitely did not. I... I, like, went on game FAQs, or as I still think of it, called it then, and still want to pronounce it Game Facts. <laughs> uh, I went on Game Facts and got a, you know, like a walkthrough type tutorial guide sort of deal for the game. Just printed it out, like, in, in completion. Um, Sorry, um, dang. Um, the on-ramp that I was hoping to take is closed. That's a new and exciting development in my morning commute. Okay, um... Let me double back here. So, so where am I going with this? Um, Super Mario 64. Uh, terrific game. Holds up. Like, the gameplay is still really good. I think I was, I was chatting with some friends talking about, like, what I was playing lately, and I, I mentioned that. And one of them was kind of like, oh, the controls... The controls are actually really good. And before I get into like the premise of the game or really anything about it, I kind of want to address like what are the what are the mechanics? Um, 
what are the controls. And basically, you have the N64 controller. You do not use the D-pad for anything, which is correct. Um, the D-pad is very confusing. I don't have three hands. I like the N64 controller. It's charming, but, I mean, the, the common wisdom is that the GameCube controller is the, the best... Uh, the best of all Nintendo controllers, and it's kind of true. Um, like, for every, every console since the GameCube, they've either supported directly using your GameCube controller, like on the Wii, or they've, like, released peripherals that <coughs> use the, um, <coughs> excuse me. What other podcast has live sneezes? Um, I ask you. But, yeah, they, they either allowed you to directly plug in your, your GameCube controllers to control many games, not all. And, you know, on the Wii, you didn't get all the, the functionality of the Wii remote. Um, that's, that's for sure. Um... part, like, you can go online and get a GameCube controller, like, the, the same form factor as the GameCube, not an original GameCube controller, but you can get that for the, the Switch, um, I believe. Anyway, so the N64 controller, uh, you, you mostly use, you use the control stick to move. Mario is a, a 3D you know, graphical entity, and can move around a 3D space, which is really cool, which was, you know, it was pretty new for Nintendo at that time. Like, you look at, like, people always use Doom as an example of a video game that, you know, used vectors to mimic, to, you know, give the impression of three-dimensional space. Um... Yeah, if you look at some old Doom games, God, they're, they're hard to look at. If you look at, um, you know, if you ever go in and play, like on the Switch, I think you can get the SNES, uh, you know, package of, of emulator games uh, without a, an online membership on the Switch. So, it, you know, you can go in there and or just go on YouTube, honestly, but they're not really worth playing most of them. Um, but you can, you know, like, boot up the original Star Fox, or the original Mario Kart, and, wow, playing those games on Vector, it's like playing them on an old phone. It's just so bad. Like, everything is really flat, and they're really bending your brain to get it to produce some understanding of this flat space as three-dimensional. And Mario, like, there's a lot of, like, kind of weird textures and, like, you know, a lot of polygons in this game. But one thing that's neat is, I mean, it's pretty realistically 
<laughs> yeah, a lot of, a lot of polygons, a lot of, like, walls that are, you know, pretty flat when they could have, like, come on, let's get, like, another dimension in there, just, just one extra angle or something, um, but, yeah, I mean, you're, you're moving around a three-dimensional space, which is, it makes all the difference, truly, um, Let's see. So you you move with the control stick, you jump with the A button. There are different types of jumps you can do, like there's just the regular jump, there's the running jump. Um, some of the most useful are using holding Z to crouch while you're running. Like you you run, you tap Z, so it kind of like puts you into a, a hunch, and then you hit A immediately after and you long jump. That one is super useful. Um, that's the kind of, you know, like, if you're the sort of gamer that, like, like, you play a Zelda game and you have to, or, or really any game, and you, your preferred means of, like, conveyance of getting around the map is, like, by jumping or rolling every second, like, every moment you can, even if it's not faster, you just feel like you're doing something, um, that's me to a T, but... Yeah, a lot of people get around the map just by long jumping because it actually is faster. Um, the other thing you can do is a triple jump. If you, you know, it's the, the kind of typical, um, you know, Mario sound effect of like, wah, wah, wah-ha! Um, I, I feel like that's, that's one of, like, five most important Mario sound effects. Um, top five. Easy. I'm not gonna rank them. Um, but yeah, um, Yeah, there's the long jump, the triple jump, even just a double jump gets you, you know, if you're standing still, you jump, and then it, when you touch down, you jump again, you jump a little higher the second time, so you can reach some spaces that weren't quite accessible um, before. Uh, there's wall jumps, you can kind of like, or wall kicks, I think they call them, you can like kick off the wall and, and climb two, you know, parallel vertical walls uh, that way. Um, which is very cool. Um, you can... You can hold Z to crouch while, while standing still, and then tap A, and it, like, you do kind of a backwards somersaulting jump that, that gets you a little bit backwards. It's okay, it's not the most useful. But there's so many, The kind of the bottom line is there's so many ways to move around, so many ways to engage with the space. 
Oh, another thing, another type of jump, if you're in midair, this isn't really a jump, but if you're, you're jumping already and you hit B, B is the attack button, and normally if you tap it like a few times in succession while you're standing, you do like a punch-kick combo. If you're in midair and you hit B, you kind of like turn the jump into a dive that attack, like, you know, if you hit anything while you're in that dive that can be damaged normally, then you damage it, you destroy it. Um, the other thing is, uh, as far as damage goes, you have a, a health bar that I believe has eight segments, um, two blue, two green, two yellow, and two red, or I guess by the time you get rid of the last one, you, you die. Um, so yeah, you can, you can die and get kicked out of whatever level you're in and that consumes a one-up. This is still like an Age of Mario where they're clearly doing something very different with the gameplay, um, but they want to preserve some of those older motifs of classic Mario games. So, you know, you, you have one-ups. If you run out of one-ups and you, you know, you, uh, you die, it gives you a game over screen. It's not, you, it just like basically backs you out to the main menu. Nothing is lost if you do that. Like you don't lose your stars or anything or have to start the game over. Um, but I, I suppose what you could do is a playthrough where you don't save at all. Like it always gives you the option to save. Um, after after getting a star, it doesn't automatically. So presumably, you could do a playthrough where you you don't save, and you just have to like use your your lives judiciously and gather extra one ups when you can. In my last playthrough, I made it kind of my goal to never get game over screen. So I guess that's just another way you can play it. Um, one-ups hidden around most levels. Usually you're kind of disappointed to find a one-up instead of a coin, because coins, each yellow coin restores one pie piece on your, your health meter, which can be really useful, and each level has a 100 coin star that you can only get upon getting 100 coins. Um, so those are necessary. Coins come in a few different denominations. There's the yellow coins, which just restore health and count towards that 100 coin bonus. Um, there's red coins. Each level has a, a red coin star. Um, there's only eight of them, and there are eight throughout every level. Red coins count as two, so they restore, restore your health. Um, you know, by two, they they up your coin count by two, um, and if you get eight of them, that unlocks a star on a special platform somewhere in the level. Uh, sometimes the eight red coins are all kind of clustered together, like Lethal Lava Land. They're on a pieces of a sliding puzzle over lava, um, and the the puzzle you don't need to solve the puzzle. It, it's just like pieces that kind of move around on their own. Um, but if they move out from under you and you fall into the lava, that can hurt. 
Um, if the puzzle piece slides back over you, you can get trapped under the lava and die. It's really not that hard to avoid falling into the lava by the sliding puzzles and, or by the sliding puzzle, and that, those eight red coins are all on eight of the segments of the, the sliding puzzle, and the ninth segment has the platform with the star unlock. So it's really, that one's really easy. You can get that immediately. There are some where the eight red coins are scattered throughout the level, which is annoying, and um, they're scattered throughout the level, and you've got to, like, you know, gather them all and then make it to the platform, um, which could be someplace else entirely. Um, yeah. So, and then there's blue coins. Blue coins, um, I don't think every level has them. Um, blue coins are worth five, so obviously they're great towards getting those 100, red, uh, 100 coins. Um, one thing I didn't really lock onto as a child is that every level has about, you know, say like 120 to 140 coins. Some have like barely above 100. Um, the, the yellow coins, they can disappear. Like usually when you destroy an enemy like a Goomba or something, um, it spits out a coin. Um, and the coin can go away. Also, they, because of the way it kind of drops the coin, it can start spinning towards the edge of a platform and fall off. Um, so you, you want to grab those as carefully as you can. Sometimes the, the coins that are just like placed in certain areas around a level, those aren't going away and they're not moving. Um, and then the blue coins you can only gather by activating a switch and you have like I don't know, like six seconds or something um, to, to go gather them all and then they disappear permanently and then the switch is gone so you, you gotta like, sometimes when I'm playing through a level, if I'm not really focused on, on getting the 100 coin star I will I will check the blue coin switch and just figure out where the coins appear and see if I can gather them easily. Just kind of use it as a practice round. Because um, the other thing with a hundred coin star for each level, you you can you can get the one hundred coin star. It doesn't take you out of the level. Most stars you get, they do take you out of the level once you once you get them. Um, so you can't, like, chain one star to the next, because some, some stars, like, set the level up differently. I'll get into that when I, when I get into it. Um, but, yeah, some stars have the level oriented a little bit differently, or you have to go into a, kind of a sub-level within that you maybe can't get out of without getting a star. So... 
Guardian Star, though, you can be a little strategic with. Like, you can get the 100 coins, grab that star, and then go on and get the red coin star or something like that. Um, so that's, you know, that's a way you can play. Um, what else? We got... just been talking about coins. Let's talk about the kind of, like, story of the game. Basically, Bowser has kidnapped Peach from her own castle and taken control of the castle and used the, the magic of the castle's 120 stars to gain control of the, the castle's paintings, basically, um, and, like, made the paintings, like, defend the stars somehow. I don't know. I... I kind of skipped through a lot of it. The story is really thin. It's basically like Mar or Peach invited Mario over um, for tea, and he showed up, and all this was going on. And that's kind of it. That's all you need to know. Um, and let's see. So. There's three different encounters with Bowser throughout the game. Um, you have to you have to achieve a certain number of stars for each to be able to access these these levels, these kind of sub levels. Um, each encounter with Bowser is on like some float floating platform, and the way you beat him is you you have to like dodge behind him, grab his tail, spin him around you know, build up enough momentum that you can throw him far enough, um, but also you're spinning faster, so, you know, you have to be accurate, too. That's kind of the mini-game of it. And you have to throw him into one of these, like, landmines that are, like, around the perimeter of the, of the arena. Um, the first level, you just have to hit one of those once, and he breathes fire, he stomps around, he slashes at you with his claws. Um, but that's kind of all you need to worry about. Um, that's Bowser in the Dark World. Bowser in the Fire Sea, uh, he, if you throw him off the edge, I think you still only need to hit once on one of the mines, but if you accidentally, if you miss, you accidentally throw him off the edge of the platform. He jumps back up, just as he does in Bowser in the Dark World, but when he jumps back up, he tilts the whole platform, and if you're for a, a period of time. And if you're standing too close to the edge, you will slide off before it rights itself. Um, and then Bowser in the Sky, I think it's called, is the last level. Um, oh yeah, and he breathes a, the fire is like more sentient than he breathes. It like bounces around more and lingers in Bowser in the Fire Sea. Um, in Bowser in the Sky, he you have to hit him three times against one of the landmines, and each time you do, he smashes part of the stage permanently, and it disappears. Um, basically, each of these encounters is at the end of a level. You can actually get an eight red coin star in each of them. Um, these are not really levels, because they 
it's only the one star accessible in each. There's not even a hundred coins that you can get a hundred coin stars. Um, it's it's just this counts towards one of the castle's secret stars. So once you beat Bowser for the third time, regardless of how many stars you actually have, it gives you the the end of the story where Peach is restored, Bowser's defeated. Um, they, they go back to their plans of having afternoon tea, and Peach offers to bake Mario a cake. Um, and that's kind of it. They, they go off and vibe and live their lives. Um, so, yeah, so that's, that's Mario. Um, that's the story. If you're speedrunning to get to the end of the game, there's a there's different paths you can take, I believe, to get enough stars fast enough to just, you know, sprint to those Bowser levels and, you know, just win the game there. I mean, if you're going for 100% completion, that's kind of a different, different story. Um... But yeah, the 120 stars, there are 15 levels. Each level has seven stars, six regular, like different challenges, and one 100 coin star. Um, and the mathematicians among you will notice that that adds up to 105. Well, there are also 100, no, <laughs> there are also 15, pardon. There are 15 castle secret stars hidden around the arena, or around the castle. And, like, three of those are the, the eight red coin stars in the Bowser levels. Um, there's also, like, at different points, you get a, a certain number of stars. There's a rabbit jumping around the basement, and if you can catch him, he's kind of hard to catch. But if you can catch him, then um, usually with that jump-dive kind of attack, um, if you catch him, then, then you get the star that he has to offer. Um, you also find Toad in various places around the castle, and kind of as an incentive to talk to him, <laughs> um, you can, uh, you know, he, he gives you some stars, um, at different points. There's also, what else? There's also some, like, kind of mini-levels where the challenge is just to get to the end of a slide or to find eight red coins. That's usually kind of the the challenge when there's not, you know, something else set forth. Um, kind of the default challenge, I guess I would say. Um, so that's how you get all the... That's what all the stars are. Um, going through... Yeah, going through some of the levels. So the first one is bob -omb Battlefield. Uh, this has really iconic music. Um, there are all these bob -ombs and they, they've built this fortress. You kind of try to climb to the top to fight the king bob -omb for one of the stars. Um, the 100 coin star here is really tricky because you need to have the wing cap. At different points in the game, you're going to unlock three different caps. Um, one is the, the wing cap, which enables you to fly uh, upon triple jumping. Um, and 
also being shot out of a cannon. Um, you can, there are cannons in certain levels. You need to talk to the pink bob to unlock them. So that could involve getting to a different part of the level just to, you know, activate the cannon. Or find the pink bob from, you know, somewhere they're hidden. Um, the pink bob won't attack you. It's not an enemy. It's friendly. Um, so yeah, if you're shot out of a cannon or if you triple jump while you're wearing the wing cap, you fly. And the wing cap only lasts a certain amount of time. So you kind of got to get your business done. And if you're worried that you're going to, uh, you know, that it'll wear off and you'll fall to your death, maybe make sure you're over land. Um, however, one thing you can do while you're wearing the wing cap, if you fall from a great height, you can fall... If you fall from a, a great distance, you will take a shit ton of damage. Um, but one thing you can do to completely mitigate that is ground pound. The good old, like, hit Z as you're falling, and Mario will do, a like, a butt slam. Um, so you can fall from any height, and right before you hit the ground, just ground pound, and you don't take any damage. So that's a fun little exploit. Um... I should talk about the camera. The camera is probably the worst thing in the game. Um, the worst, you know, aspect of the controls, I'll say. Um, you can control the camera with the C buttons, um, like the left and right C button to kind of, like, rotate your view a little left or a little right, which is useful if you need to you know, just kind of orient yourself. You can also hit C up, and that will um, go into like a first person view for Mario, and you can point your vision anywhere he's facing. Um, I wish you could like pivot it, you know, full 360 degrees and wherever you come out of it, that's where you're facing now. Um, that would be useful, but you can't. You have to like physically get out of C, C up physically turn yourself and then see up again. Um, see up is actually how you access one of the extra levels in the game and how you access the wing cap switch. Um, because, so basically, like, this, the caps must be unlocked by hitting these switches. Oh, the camera. Shoot. Um, so you can also go into hit R to switch camera mode between Lackey 2 and who follows you around and, you know, it's kind of the third-person camera view. Um, between Lackey 2 and Mario's camera view, Mario's is so bad. I don't know how you could possibly play the game in it. Um, you, it's, like, not quite first-person view, and it's got a very, like, tight... It's, like, a really close third-person and you can't really see what's going on around you. You can only really see ahead. And not even that well, because Mario is taking up a big part of the screen. I don't know how, how you're supposed to use this camera view, but oh well. Um, okay, so... Yeah, back to the switches. Uh, there are different switches in mini-levels in the game where you can... Uh, yeah, like the wing cap, you can 
only get to that level by using C up. There, at some point, you get enough stars. Um, there's like a light shining from the ceiling in the the castle lobby. Um, or entryway, I suppose. If you look up into it, it takes you into a, a secret level. So, yeah, so you have to get the wing cap switch um, to activate all the wing cap boxes hidden throughout the levels. Before then, they're, they're translucent. You can't really get them. Um, there's also the invisible cap, which is blue. Wing cap is red. Invisible cap is blue. You have to forget how you... Oh, yeah, once you drain the water in the boat, which you can only do after reaching the basement of the castle, you have to get a certain number of stars and defeat Bowser the first time to get there. Um, but once you get to the castle basement, you can kind of play with the water levels and lower the water in the moat. That opens up a hole that you can fall through in the, the dry moat bed from which you can uh, activate the invisible cap switch. The invisible cap lets you like move through certain walls and barriers which uh, and not take like enemies like phase through you. Um, so that's useful. Uh, I mean obviously you need it to get certain stars so you, you can't really 100% the game without it. I'm not sure if you can defeat Bowser for the third time without the invisible cap. You maybe can. I wonder if you can defeat Bowser without the wing cap even. That's kind of like, positioned as sort of like the, the primary cap in the game, but oh well. Um, and then there's uh, the metal cap. You turn into Metal Mario. You're heavier uh, you are immune to damage, but the, the best, and like to environmental, you know, damage like fire or lava or poisoned gas. Um, there's one level that has Hazy Maze Cave that has like some like stinky gas that hurts you if you stay in it. Um, so there's...
Jolly Roger Bay, which I hate. It's like this really gloomy, mostly underwater level where there's this giant eel you have to lure out. It's really freaky looking and it attacks you. Uh, I hated it as a kid. Um, probably put a touch of thalassophobia in me. Thanks, game. Um, you got, uh, uh, Cool Cool Mountain, which is a very slippery mountain. It's got a slide that goes down it. That's a fun one. It's wintry. There's penguins. Um, Cool Cool Mountain. Big Boo's Haunt, which is like a spooky haunted house. You can only access from the courtyard. It's not even in a painting. You have to like punch a ghost that drops like a, a model house that you can jump into. It's kind of weird. Um, there's Hazy Maze Cave, which is kind of this gloomy cave that's got, uh, you know, poison gas in it. Indiana Jones giant boulders that roll around. Um, Lethal Lava Land, which is actually pretty easy. There's no way to fall out of Lethal Lava Land. You can just die by touching lava too many times. What's kind of funny about lava in this game is that it jumps you. If you if you touch lava, um, you jump higher than you normally can, which there's actually some exploits that they definitely didn't mean to be in the game, where you can jump into the lava, like get your booty scorched, and jump up to, to reach certain areas that they clearly intended you to have to, to do in a harder, more challenging way. Um, but yeah, so Leave the Lava Land, that's a fun one. I mean, because there's no, like, falling out of the level, you can also, if you're good on health, just jump into the lava, because it doesn't kill you, it just takes away, like, a few slices of pie. Just grab some coins, it's easy but you can actually fast travel around just by jumping in the lava. So, and the eight red coins star for Lethal Lava Land, really easy. So, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's not a hard one to, to ace. Um, and then there's Shifting Sand Land, which is kind of an Egyptian-themed level. There's a pyramid in it. Uh, there is quicksand that you can die in if you touch. So much as touch, it sucks you in. Um... Yeah, Shifting Sandland. Uh, a few of the stars are only accessible by entering the pyramid in... Uh, are either on the pyramid or accessible by entering the pyramid. Um, you know, at the center of the level. And there's kind of... There's a lot of puzzles. There's some, like, ancient statues that come to life and fight you inside. That's actually a really cool boss fight. Um, put it up there with Bowser, honestly. It's, you know, it's great. And it's kind of one of the only, like, real boss fights in the game. I mean, I guess there's bob -Om Battlefield and Thwomp's Fortress. There's, like, a giant bob -Om or a giant Thwomp that you have to fight. Um, but usually that just means, like, like, picking them up and throwing them off an edge or something or throwing them a certain number of times or stomping on their back. It's not not as much as, it's like almost a Star Fox boss fight in, uh, Shifting Sandland. Um, so, 
And then there's Dire Dire Docks, which is another underwater level I don't like. There's like sharks in it that circle around um, in the main area. And then you swim through a tunnel and you're in this like area where there's a submarine. If you aren't careful, you can get sucked out of the level entirely and it spits you out into the boat of the castle um, out of the level. Um, let's see. Yeah, Shifting Sandland. Um, dire Dire Dogs. So... One through four, bob on Battlefield through um, Cool Cool Mountain. Those are on the main floor of the, the castle. Um, five through nine, uh, or Big Boo's Haunt is in the courtyard. It's the only one. Uh, six through nine, Hazy Maze Cave through Dire Dire Docks are in the basement. And then you get the key to the upstairs, which gives you access to ten... 10, 11, 12, and 13, which is Snowman's Land. It's another winter one, um, very jolly feeling, um, where you have to climb a snowman, there's an igloo you can go into. That's a fun one, I like that level. Um, Tall Tall Mountain, um, just a giant mountain you gotta climb. There's a monkey that steals your hat. Uh, lots of ways to fall off. <laughs> um, Tiny Huge Island is one where, depending on how you enter the island, or how you enter the level, either through the small portrait or the big portrait, um, you enter as either big or tiny, um, which enables you to reach different areas of the island. There are warp pipes along the, the level that let you toggle back and forth between big and tiny. Um, sometimes it, you know, it matters how you enter the island. Um, what you're able to do and what you're able to access from the beginning. Um, that's a frustrating one. That took me a long time to ace. Um, and then you got uh, uh, Wet Dry World, which is a weird one. Uh, I know from the internet that people catch kind of a weird vibe from this level. Um, the height that you jump into the painting at matters. Like, it sets the water level of the world at that height, um, so, and there are switches to raise and lower the water level, but just with tiny, huge island, like, you know, it depends, it matters, um, yeah, it has kind of a creepy vibe, there's lots of, like, water spiders moving around the surface, and the music is kind of weird, and there's, like, this abandoned city, like, flooded out city at one point in the level, um, and the, like, sky background of the level is also, like, what looks to be, like, a, a Greek, like, seaside, like, cliff city, um, which is just, it's weird. It's all kind of weird. Um, interesting vibes there. Um, okay, and next you got, uh, tick-tock clock. It's, like, a lot of time-based elements. Where, when, what time the clock face is showing when you enter the clock face sets, like, the speed that everything moves in in the level, which is interesting. You can freeze it 
and then there's uh, um, what's it called? Um, Rainbow Ride, very famous. Uh, it's this like sky-based level where very easy to fall out and die. This is the theme. Um, but uh, still has kind of a fun vibe. There's like a floating pirate ship. You follow these like rainbow trails on a flying carpet. Um, yeah. So those are the levels of Super Mario 64. Um, there are some fun stars. There are some difficult ones. The 100 coins is always a pretty serious challenge. Um, but I have got to get to work. So I am going to end the podcast there. Thank you all for sticking around. Um, I love Mario 64. It's such a goofy game, but it's been with me for so long. Um, and it was really satisfying to play through again. If you have the expansion pass on Switch, I highly recommend it. Uh, once again, thank you to Scott Suter for the excellent theme. And we'll go out on that now. Thanks, guys. Take care. Mm -hmm.